This episode is a continuation of our Seven Deadly Sins series. To hear the other episodes in the series, you can go to strangersandaliens.com slash seven deadly sins. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 292, The Seven Deadly Sins, Pride. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery. I'm here with two of my friends, two of my friends in podcasting, friends in in life. And those would be... Evan. And, <laughs> and, and Steve. Just jump right in there, Evan. Don't be and shy. Steve, yep. <laughs> Evan and Steve, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And this is a special episode. Do you know why? Is it your birthday? No. Happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> no. No, no, it's 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 not it's not my birthday. Uh no, it's a special episode number. Do you know do you know why? Is it two hundred and ninety-nine? Two hundred and ninety-two. Oh. Um, but no, the the number I was looking for is um this is episode seven in our uh, Seven Deadly Sins series. And uh, yeah, that's it's the seventh one. It's the final one. It's the awesome. it's the end seven. of the series. Seven, How long has the series been years? going? I don't know, seven, seven. years? <laughs> I think it's seven years, yeah. Um, I'm going to say not seven years because I don't think we've been doing this for seven years. But <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it has been going on for a while. For a while. And, and by going on, I mean, we haven't been doing it. <laughs> um, Started long ago. <laughs> only now finishing. Yeah. A couple of, yeah. Couple of hosts ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, although the last one we did is 10 episodes ago. We did that in two, 283. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the sixth of the, the Deadly Sins. Let's see the first one. Where is it? Uh, I can't find it right now, but it was a long time ago. Like 1993 or something. 2012? Something like that. No, no, not something like it. I think that is it. Yeah. (laughs) It's October 30th, 2012. Gluttony. Yep. Yep. There it is. (laughs) So we have finished the series and it only took us six years and some. Okay. Not too bad. 
No, no, I guess not. That was episode. What episode number was that? 31. 31. We started that wow. in episode 31. <laughs> Yeah, it goes 31, 43, 55, 86, 119, <laughs> and then 283. <laughs> well, it's it's been such a popular thing. Maybe we might come up with an eighth deadly sin. You know, if people keep uh keep the, the I think alive. I think the uh the eighth deadly sin is starting a podcast series and uh you know waiting four years in between <laughs> in between uh, episodes. So yeah. So <laughs> this episode we are talking about the sin of pride. Ba, ba, ba. And if you're just um, joining us, you know, you, you weren't around 250 episodes ago. Uh, <laughs> the way we do this is we define what this, the sin is or the vice as you might call it. Um, we talk a little bit about um, what it is. Then we talk about examples from science fiction and fantasy and pop culture. And then we also will talk about the virtue because, you know, we don't want to just focus on the negative. We want to accentuate the positive, as they say. Uh, eventually, I will start talking about C.S. Lewis with some quotes from him about this sin. And then we will talk about a personal application and we will make it so that you feel uncomfortable about your life. Sweet. Yeah. Or if you don't feel uncomfortable about your life, you, we will make it so you feel uncomfortable listening to us talk about our lives. So, yeah. And maybe we'll make you feel uncomfortable about not feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm already feeling uncomfortable or not, you know, that is actually something that something along those lines will be coming up. Evan. <clears throat> you, oh, you haven't seen my line, my my notes, but uh, okay. you're feeling uncomfortable about not feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, there's 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 some stuff from C.S. Lewis that gets gets close to that. So sweet. Yeah. So pride, and I wanted to end with pride, uh, mainly because to me this is the granddaddy. Mm. This is the one that sired them all. They all sprang forth from this one's forehead uh, after he was defeated in battle. Uh, they all come from pride and yeah. So this is where I wanted to, I wanted us to end on this one. The big one. The big, so yep. Yep. so uh, let's define it then. Let's uh, when you think about pride, cause I, I, there's a couple ways to think about this and I think we need to parse it out a little bit, but yeah. Uh, what is, what is pride? Go. Or I, I can go. Well, I, well, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, let's. The pride is the you know that's being proud, 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 proud. Being proud. Am nice. I right? Did I get it? Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. So I just made the, of this definition on my own. Okay. Uh. So <laughs> I. And like you said, there's several different like layers of pride. So I think this covers a couple of them. I may have. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's totally encompassing, but I said it's an attitude of self-reliance and or self-centeredness. In the extreme, it's a worship of self, the choosing of one's own wants or desires above all else, even if that crosses moral lines. Okay, that's good. I, I think I would I would make it a little bit more simple. 
and just use two words, which is interesting because, you know, when God calls himself something, it's I am. And pride goes more for I will. You know, when um, when Satan uh, is, you know, looking at the, at the throne and looking at everything and, and he's 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 wanting that thing. You know the the famous five I wills is what he uh, what he what he gives and I think it's in Isaiah. So that's probably how I would sum it up. And I would take pride and I divide it into two. I think there's actually a positive definition of pride mm-hmm. and a negative one, uh, and that's just because we only have one word to cover uh, both sides of this thing. Um, I actually was reading uh, an interview and. Someone said that uh, in in Puerto Rico, uh, they have two words that mean these two sides of pride. Uh, I think it was Puerto Rico. I I don't know where it was, but um, I'm I'm remembering maybe wrong. But this language has two – maybe Spanish, maybe not, maybe some other country, but has two words that mean what what I'm going to talk about right now. But um, we only have the one word. You know, it's like Eskimos. They have how many words for for snow and we have just snow. Um, Snush. Yeah, so the, there's there's pride as a positive, which is kind of a uh, a satisfaction and a delight in doing something well, or um, in you know being a part of something um, good, mm-hmm. you know, and so that you you might have pride because well I I'm proud of my kids a lot you know when they do something good I'm like oh that is you know they're my kids and oh you know and you feel pride there. Um, but then on the other side is an exaggerated, uh, an exaggerated value of your own self worth mm-hmm. that puts yourself above above others, and sometimes it's an overconfidence in your abilities, and sometimes it's an arrogance, and and sometimes pride is actually a false humility. Um, but it's yeah, saying I am more, I am better, and sometimes it's done in comparison to other people and sometimes it's done just in lifting yourself up but it's all about me being lifted up above and and so that's kind of those two different sides of pride so on the one side it's yeah it's it's self-elevation and on the other side it's it's satisfaction it's it's yeah yeah and i think i'd add to your definition ben where it's it is lifting ourselves up, but then there's also, like, like I said, it's self reliance where you're refusing to acknowledge a need for help. I don't know if that meshes with your definition or not, or if it needs to be added on. But yeah, no, I, I think, I, that, that's definitely a part of it, and it's not just refusing a need for help, but it's a re- refusing a need to change. Mm. Um, it's refusing a, um, <clears throat> it's refusing to allow someone to know you well, you know, mm. and to know the real you, um, you know, because the, there's the pride of, of hi, you know, where you're hiding who you really are because you don't want people to think bad of you. And, you know, so you, you put up a front, you put up a mask, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's misplaced glory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's there's there's a glory to some things, and you know your son does well in soccer, and you know that's it's 
well, you know, who, who's the one that really gave him the ability and the power and the wherewithal and all that stuff it belongs to God. So, you know, when we praise a child or, you know, praise someone else for whatever, it's, it's taking the glory away from where it's supposed to be and placing it on, you know, a created thing instead of the creator. And I think that's when, you know, when it, when we don't have that in mind, that it's all, it all goes back to the creator. Um, I think that's when, when pride gets out of hand. Yeah. And I think that's, that goes with your uh, first definition, Ben, where that, that attitude that Steve's talking about, where you just have the attitude that we know where all these good things come from. It's from God. That's when we can have that good pride. Like we have, we're proud of our kids or, we're happy for the good thing that's happened. Um, you know, we have to somewhere in us, there has to be a acknowledgement that it's all from God. He's the one who has made all this possible. Yeah. Yeah. And in my notes here, I wrote, you know, you have pride as a positive. That's a realistic sense of yourself. And that might be satisfaction and job well yeah. done. That might be recognizing excellence because recognizing excellence, that's appropriate, but it then mm-hmm. becomes negative when it's overblown. And so when it's overblown, it might be, you know, um, where you have positive feelings because your children do well uh, versus pushing your children out to other people to say, Hey, look how great my children are. Look how great my mm. children are to elevate self, you know? So I do have a question as I, I was, I was thinking about the definition. Um, and I was just wondering is, is pride itself the sin or is pride more a temptation or an impetus towards sin? Like is, is it more um, the attitude that leads to sin than the sin itself? I would say it's a sin. I would say the attitude itself is a sin. Yeah. yeah. Um, sin doesn't necessarily have to be an action, but I, I do think the attitude for sure. Like you can have an attitude of bitterness, and that's a sin. Yeah, yeah I although I would, that, I would su- suggest, though, that there is an action involved in both of those if you're talking about those being the sin. Like the attitude of bitterness is not – it didn't come from nowhere. Those were choices toward right. bitterness, you know, and and th- and that's where like this, this attitude of pride is a natural human attitude, you know, because it's a sinful attitude. It, it's a – and I, I just see this one – and this is why we're ending on it. This one mm-hmm. pushes toward all sin. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's our default setting uh, before Christ because it's it's just how sin has wired us um, and has skewed our our nature to be it's all about us, put the center of attention on us and not God. Well, I mean, that's the, the whole thing with being a child is that you I mean, you you have no other frame of reference. You are the center of attention. You know, you are. Mm the object and everyone else is a subject you know i mean it's it's that's what you're given i mean that's <laughs> I, I guess that's how god intended it to be because that's how it is with human beings but you know once you get to a point where you, you recognize that you know you're really not the object you're just another subject <laughs> that's when it um when you need to take the step back and say, you know, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> there's something else going on here. But, um, you know, so I think pride just comes naturally because of that. 
It is interesting to watch a child develop and to gain an understanding beyond them. Mm-hmm. You just kind of that slow, slow burn where I'm, you know, the object permanence hasn't even developed yet where if it's in front of me, it exists. And when it goes away, I'm scared, you know, <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, to, to learn there's a, there's a whole world out there that, that's bigger than me. And I am not, it, it, as Bono said in this very, very, um, uh, insightful lyrics. When I was three, I thought the world revolved around me. I was wrong. Like that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might, I might have just blown your mind right there. That with, is crazy. With those lyrics, but um, yeah. So one other thing, I, I kind of was messing around with a chart, you know. And there's kind of a quad that I found here, um, or well, it's just you have the the pride the pride here. You have the one who's above. And acts as if they are above and makes sure everyone knows they are above. And then you have also have the one who is above who is believing himself to be below and is making sure everyone knows. Mm. And then you have the one who is below who hates those above. And, and that's another issue of pride there where you know, I should be there. I should be there. And then there's the one who's below who believes themselves to be lesser and not as valuable. And I think that there is in and that's not humility. It's, it's, that's, uh, you know, but there's, a, there's a pride in, 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 um, bringing yourself down. There's a pride in, uh, I think pride is the, the starting point of someone who has low self-esteem. Mm. Like they have low self-esteem because they believe that they are worse than they are. And it's, it's, and when I say worse than they are, I, because we all have value, right? You know, we then, all can have value because we were made in the image of God. I'm, I'm and, trying not to get into my definition of humility here. Well, you're making it hard. Well, I'm, yeah. And then you have both <laughs> when they are both acting as if they are better than they actually are. So, it, yeah, but it's a un, unrealistic, uh, an unrealistic, um, self image. So, I agree. All right. Yeah, and it could be, you know, just like that. I mean, it it is so twisted that I mean, just like the you know the 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 sin of lust can you know go towards what we would imagine it goes to. It can also be you know someone who is so taken with it that it's it goes the other way, and you know, there's it's just you know a, a forced celibacy or, or you know something like that where. It, it's not acted out upon, but it's the it's it's what is at the core of that person. It's it's all that they're about, except just in the opposite. Mm. You know. Do you want to talk um, about the the virtue, the opposite? Sure. You want to just sure. do that now? Because um, yeah. I I think I don't know. I, I'm curious because we haven't talked about this ahead of time. Um, for me, the the opposite is is humility, mm-hmm. um, which. As I said before, I think that humility can be corrupted corrupted into a negative form of pride, underconfidence, low self-esteem, and unworthiness. But my definition of humility, I didn't put as much time and effort into it, but uh, it's a realistic sense of self that does not seek to lower others. Nice. 
So that's that's humility for me. I think it, a lot in a lot of ways, humility is the same as honesty. Um, and it's honesty based on you know a biblical perspective, <clears throat> the truth. You're accepting and believing and acting out the truth of how the of how you work, the universe works, and God works. Um, you acknowledge your need for God, and you are giving credit where credit is due. Um, so when, like what you were just talking about, Ben, where it's uh, you you put yourself down and you say, "Oh, I'm worthless," you know, well, that's not that's not humility because it's not honest. You're not acknowledging the truth of where you what your station in the universe is, and that is, you are a child of the King. You are loved. You know, and if you know Christ, then you are washed and a joint heir with with Jesus. You know, so that for me, it's it's that simple. It's just accepting the truth about everything. Steve, humility. What do you think? Humility. It, you know what I think of when I think of humility is um, the ultimate perspective vortex in uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where, unfortunately, (laughs) I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't read it, because, I mean, yes, it's been around for 50 years or 40 years, but there's still people out there who are still experiencing it. Um, But there's there's this construct, it's a machine, where you go into it, and it gives you the perspective of the universe and puts you in it. And... um, you know, it uh, it works all too accurately <laughs> and unfortunately um, in one situation, which, you know, if you read it, uh, it's it's very interesting. But, you know, that's that's what it is. It's, you know, and, well, and, and people go mad when they go in. Oh, there right. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, they realize the truth. Right. And the truth doesn't just set them free. It <laughs> sets them mad. <laughs> like they... Yeah. So, you know, when I think of that, it's it's like, you know, who, who am I that God would have any anything towards me? You know, who am I that that God would I mean, he he sent his own son to die for me, you know, so ultimately in that perspective, it's like uh, <laughs> it's it's unbelievable that you know, it, it goes to that extent. So, you know, a lot of people, I think they just sort of take it as like, Oh, pride, you know, you shouldn't be proud. And, you know, in a way you shouldn't, but it's just, it's so much deeper than that. It's cosmologically deeper than that. You know, I mean, vanity of vanity, (laughs) you know, all is vanity. It's, it's, you know, all is, is pridefulness outside of, of what we have with God. And it's, you know, it's just that simple. It's just, it's all pride. It's all idolatry. Except for when it's not, which is where that's where humility comes in is being that realistic view of where I am in, in, uh, in relation to God. And, and, and honestly, um, and this might be getting to C.S. Lewis a little bit here, but, um, the idea of, not just where I am in relation to God, but that I'm not God. Yeah. Because and once when, you have that proper perspective 
of where you are in your relationship with God, then you have your proper perspective of where you are in relationship to other people Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Yep. So you started uh, a little bit already with the, um, the perspective vortex, but, um, I do like to start things out with, with Dante. And this is, again, this is not uh, a circle of hell for him. What's interesting about pride for him yeah. is that it was purgatory. Hmm. Um, it's the first terrace in in purgatory. And uh, the people who are, are paying for pride, they carry these heavy weights so their heads are bent down and they, they, uh, they can't look people in the eye. Um, but what I also found interesting when I think about this, because I haven't read Purgatory, but I have read uh, Inferno. And what I find interesting about this is the way Dante um, – Dante himself is a um, – he is – he's a, a pride sinner. Uh, just the way he brings other people down in his writings, real mm-hmm. people that he inserts into you know different places in hell. And – places himself above them the way he writes about them. So I, I thought that was interesting, you know, that, Hey, I'm writing about this, but you know what? Me. <laughs> um, no, he wouldn't say that, but maybe he would. I did. Like I said, I didn't read the chapter on, on pride in, in the purgatory. So I don't know, but yeah, that's Dante. Right. Uh, I have a long list of things here and I think I'm going to try and cut some. I'm also anticipating that you guys have, have some that I already have on my list. So I won't have to say them, but probably. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't actually have a, a huge list. I've, I feel like I had a lot of overlapping with the envy mm. stuff. Well, and that's so, okay we'll for see. the characters to, to overlap. Um, yeah. Cause I, I would say, I mean, you could just say every Disney villain <laughs> yeah, yeah. ever, mm-hmm. uh, but the big one is Gaston. Yeah, he's on the list. Yeah, he's on the list. Gaston, he's he's got his own song just about how proud he is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So, how are we doing this? Who's going first? I'm you throwing it first, to you I guys. Throwing it to you guys. All right, I'll go first then. Um, I top my list, Lex Luthor. Please elaborate. (laughs) Okay. I was waiting on positive affirmation from you guys, but that was prideful of me. Um, Lex Luthor. Yeah, he, it's, he wants to be the center of the universe. He's mad that Superman has taken away the spotlight, you know, uh, he used to be Metropolis's favorite son, and now he's not. So he is bent on taking Superman down and rubbing his noses in it. And you know, we talked about him in the the Envy episode where he he wants to be Superman, and that's goes into Envy. But I mean, that's it's just like what the devil. You know, the devil wanted to be God, and he wants a that position and. The, the reason he wants that position is to receive the accolades and he wants the power. And, um, you know, if you just read, especially in modern comic books, you read his dialogue and it's just all about, I am the greatest, I am the best and I can do anything. And if only Superman wasn't there, I'd be able to cure cancer. Or I'd be able to blah, 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 blah. And he uses people. He, he doesn't have a genuine relationship with anyone. 
it's all just how can you benefit me uh, and how can I use you to further my own ends. Very good. Yeah. Steve. Well, I would, uh, I would say, um, in the Captain Marvel, uh, you know, Shazam mythology, um, he has these seven demons that uh, represent the, the seven deadly sins and, uh, pride is the most powerful and the most dangerous one. Um, (laughs) and in his thinking, it, it represents, uh, you know, to, to be more important to be over, uh, other people. And that's, you know, that that's usually how it plays out in those stories. Um, you know, whatever it is to be the 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 prime example in whatever, you know, whatever it is, what if it's stronger or faster or whatever. And it's you know, it's it's the pride in that. Um, and I think, you know, the, the way it plays out in, in his stories, you know, it's 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 interesting because, you know, he's he's always like Superman minus one, you know, so in some ways, you know, perhaps he's, he's always being affected by, you know, by these things, especially pride because, you know, outside of a a couple of small little things that he can do that, that Superman can't, he's, he's, you know, very much the, you know, the, the, the second stringer, (laughs) you know, super, super being. Um, but, uh, you know, it's 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 just an interesting, you know, the the way that that uh, Captain Marvel was was built, you know, the the character, and the just the simplicity of it. It's just it's so interesting that they just they just, you know they have the seven deadly sins as his his enemies, um, you know, when when Superman has Lex Luthor and you know uh, uh, all the you know Atom Man and you know and anything that that has to do it, they're all extrapolated you know it's it's not it's not like smushed in your face like you know this is that that person you know this is that that sin or whatever but with with uh with billy batson you know there it is he's fighting envy he's fighting greed you know i mean Hmm. it's 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 that simple um i think that's one of the 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 wonderful things about captain marvel uh, Marvel, not Marvel. That's a different thing. wrong company, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to get sued. But anyway, um, you know, that, that's probably what I would think of. All right. Cool. So, um, I'm going to go Marvel right now with, uh, Tony Stark and Dr. Strange, uh, hmm. especially in the, the Marvel cinematic universe movies, but, uh, <laughs> Dr. Strange in the comics, uh, it, before his accident and just after his accident, um, there was just pride. And, and then, uh, I was glad they retained that, uh, where he was basically a Tony Stark type character at the beginning of the movie. But by the end, he's, he's learned some humility. He's learned how to sacrifice and that, Mm -hmm. um, then you have Tony Stark who, uh, every movie they pretend to have him grow, uh, (laughs) and they kind of make him look like he's almost, uh, going to change. But then by the next movie, he's, he's back to his, his old, uh, his old self, but definitely that the, when it showed up, the, the greatest was, um, 
to me anyway, when they're they're having that scene arguing on the helicarrier in the first Avengers movie, and they're arguing, you have the staff there, and the staff is causing them to to be have more conflict, and the camera turns upside down, and there's this, you know it's really some neat tricks there, but they're all you know their their worst is coming out of them slightly, and and for him it's just this pride of who he is compared mm-hmm. to all of them, and you know. That's where Captain America says, take away your armor and what are you? And he's like, uh, you know, billionaire philanthropist, philanthropist, uh, playboy. I, I said the word wrong, but, you know, he's he's like, I'm I don't need the suit. I'm still better than you. And <laughs> and I think that's probably why, you know, I think that's why he's so popular is because of his attitude. But he's also why he's one of my least favorite characters in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. is because that, that attitude has gotten old. The shtick has gotten old for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I'm my next choice isn't necessarily fantasy or sci-fi, except that he's fictional, but it really resonates with me all about pride. And that's Dr. Gregory house MD. And uh, if you've ever, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's science fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you've ever seen that show, man, he is just the, the embodiment of pride like he could be the one that's fighting captain marvel you know because it's just i am right i am smarter than all of you i'm gonna let you all know it every minute of every day and if you voice a condescending opinion uh you're stupid and you don't know (laughs) as much as me you know and uh he's just absolutely and what's worse is that most of the time he's right which just which mm-hmm. you know shuts everybody up and he just propels him further down the road that he's on which was as I've mentioned in a previous episode as a teenager that was my goal he was one of my role models because wow. I just would yeah I just wanted to be right and it didn't matter how much much of a jerk I was because I'm right so you just got to deal with it <laughs> and, and so yeah not good not good <laughs> Steve, you got another one? I do. And this is one where, you know, you can see the the other side of it as well in this character, uh, Loki, mm. where, you know, he thinks so highly of himself, but he thinks other people think so lowly of him. And it makes him want to, you know, to to offset it. With you know, and, and it's it's just as so such a very interesting examination of pride, um, and its flip side, where you know that you know he's he he knows he's not the actual son of Odin, you know, and and even though Odin will you know up and down say that he's his son, he's just like yeah, but adopted, you know, and huh. and he just he won't let it go if he just did. You know, it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and and in uh, in Ragnarok in the in the comic book, uh, when uh, Walt Simonson was was doing his Ragnarok, um, it's it was just so so telling. Where uh, at one point, uh, Odin, Thor, and Loki are teaming up to, uh, if just in case anyone hasn't read it, I, I don't want to ruin it. But anyway, they're teaming up to do something uh, phenomenal, and so Odin. You know, his his cry is for Asgard and Thor says for Midgard and Loki says for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's just like, <laughs> all right, we'll take you, even though you're doing this for your own selfish reasons. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just even then, even, you know, here at the end of the world, uh, you know, he's still he's still doing it for himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, um, I think that that is definitely an example of someone who just can't get over the truth. Like he he himself has so much pride in, in the I'm greater, I'm greater, I'm greater. But if you would just accept the truth which the truth is, yeah, you are, you know, like you're my beloved son, you're adopted. Yes. Yep. But, yep. um, but you're my beloved and all you have to do is accept that. And there's so much that goes along with that, that you would have, but instead he's trying to, he's trying to steal something he already owns. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my next one is from Farscape, which, um, as I was compiling this list, I was like, I got to rewatch Farscape again. That was really a good show. But um, <laughs> there's a character named Rigel and he's, he's Rigel yeah. the 16th and he is a deposed ruler of an empire. And now he's traveling in the galaxy with a ragtag band of, of scallywags and, and rogues. <laughs> um, and so he's ragtag basically nobody. Scallywags. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I'm using that correctly, but we're going to go with scallywags. Um, <laughs> and he, he's nobody now, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't have any power. He doesn't have any of the wealth that he used to have, but he makes sure everyone knows who he is. And he's constantly telling them I'm Rigel, the 16th Dominard over 6 billion subjects. And he, <laughs> he is constantly, and it's, it's funny too, because he's the smallest character. He's a puppet character, kind of a Yoda ish kind of thing. Um, yeah. So he's the smallest character in the in the show, but he is making sure everyone knows I'm greater than you, you know. Hmm. <laughs> um, I've got two that go together because they're both from Dragon Ball Z. And uh, though I cannot recommend everything about the show, there is some great themes uh, in it. And two of the characters are Frieza and Vegeta. And they are both villains. Vegeta mm. eventually turns into uh, a good guy uh, and is redeemed. I've heard that name before. Vegeta? I have. Yeah. But Frieza is the devil. <laughs> like, Not literally, but he is just <laughs> the most evil and wicked villain. Like there's, there's several different villains, like, like big bads, you know, and, uh, one of them is just, you know, he's a force of nature. One of them's, you know, like I'm just, he, he's just got his own motivations, but Frieza is just evil. And he, he is one of the most powerful, uh, beings in the universe. And he was born that way. And so he is just wicked, wicked, wicked. And he, he thinks he's better than everybody else. And he just ends life, uh, on massive scales on whims. Uh, with his finger, you know, he's just that powerful and, and that evil. Um, and finally, when Goku, the main character, rises up to to fight him and exceeds his level of power, he just cannot cope with it. He he is absolutely flabbergasted and refuses to um, 
you know, accept it. And it's really interesting because Frieza is really the embodiment of pride on that show. Just like the, just the evil, uh, I, I am, you know, like I will exalt myself sort of pride that you see from Isaiah. He's just the embodiment of that where Goku is also, well, he is the most powerful person in the universe. He gets there eventually, but he is just the embodiment of humility. Um, he never, like, even though he has all this power, he never, it never would even cross his mind to use it for evil or to use it for his own personal gain. Uh, he fights just because he likes fighting, at, like as a sport, you know, and wants to be the best at it. And so it's just a very interesting parallel between them. And then you have Vegeta, and Vegeta has the a different sort of pride where it's not necessarily. I mean, he he starts out as a really bad guy, but it's not like the megalomaniacal "I am the most powerful and greatest in the universe" sort of thing. He has pride in his race and where he comes from, and he he's the prince, so he has pride in his royal lineage. And as such, uh, when he gets into situations where he is outmatched, he refuses any sort of help he says no i don't need you i don't need anyone i will do it myself i will i will do it you know and so it's that sort of pride and he's just very staunch in that and only now in the brand new series dragon ball super that's just coming out currently we're seeing a break from that where he is uh accepting others help and he's becoming more of a he's lessening with that pride so it's kind of cool to see him as a dynamic character grow throughout hundreds and hundreds of episodes nice very cool i i don't know if i want to put that much (laughs) effort into it but it's 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 good that you know when when you hear about things and they actually are studies in things like that and especially for kids where it's you know pulling it out there and saying, you know, perhaps this isn't the best thing. Um, my next would, would be, and this isn't, uh, technically a, a comic book, although it's been made into comic books, but it's not a, like a superhero. Um, I would say, uh, a, you know, the titular character, Mr. Darcy from pride and prejudice. Um, you know, it's just, it's, he's so caught up in, you know, who Mr. Darcy is that, you know, he can't for a long time see past it to, uh, to appreciate, you know, something that's, that's right there. Um, just, you know, if you, if you, if you, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's just an absolute classic. If, if you haven't read it, read it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It's just fantastic. Um, and the movie with Kira Knightley is pretty good. So you can um, watch that. It's it's not. A, let's just say it's not as good as the. There's. I think it's a five episode series that was done. I think in the nineties, and uh, much better, much okay. better. Um, uh, not to say anything bad about Kira Knightley. Just when I saw that, I was just like, oh. That's not the other one, the other one that I liked so much. And this, even though it's well done, um, it wasn't, uh, it was, it, it really didn't hold a candle to, to what they could do 
in a you know a larger format that goes five hours long or something. Mm. Uh, but well worth it. Well worth it. Just the the depth and richness of the characters. Um, seeing how you know it's just how that system worked. You know the the different. It's it was almost like a caste system where you had people in this part of society and that part of society and and um just an amazing an amazing work of art uh and you know there you have it (laughs) all right so um have you ever heard of plato aristotle socrates Uh Mm uh-huh morons so that is uh (laughs) the, the zini is one of those great moments of just pride goeth before the fall where he just cannot conceive it is inconceivable to him that anyone could um outwit him and uh you know and actually what's interesting about the trials of of the the man in black uh the dread pirate roberts as he's going through and he defeats uh with skill and he defeats with strength and now he has to defeat with with wit and it's it's mind body and soul kind of things where um he's able to defeat um uh Inigo Montoya with his soul with with his his spirit his fighting prowess and he defeats Andre the giant with his his body by outwitting him basically but um but yeah Vicini is definitely one of those because he he uh builds himself up and then is outwitted and killed um within minutes (laughs) within minutes after he talks about how Plato and uh Aristotle and Socrates are morons right Mm. and I love the death scene I just She's in the middle of that laugh. It's like, yeah, that was All right. classic. Um, my next one is Scar the Lion from The Lion King, and the reason I put him on here is because, like, once I learned the lyrics to his bad guy song, I was like, this song you could replace all the lions and stuff, and you, this could be the song in the. Uh, you know, the gospel, the musical, and Satan could be singing this song. Um, and the one line that really sticks out to me is he's singing about, like, I'll be king, undisputed, respected, saluted, and seen for the wonder I am. You know, <laughs> and that's like, man, you just hitting it home. That could totally be the devil singing that song. And yeah. uh, enough said. Yeah. And, and then what about the, oh, what's the lion's name? Shoot. Simba, Simba, Simba's song, where he's. Just oh, can't I just can't wait to, wait to be king. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I can't wait until I'm elevated up. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm running the whole um, show. All right, Steve. Um, I would say one of one of my favorite uh, studies in Pride is uh, Magneto, where. Mm. You know, it's yeah. it's a different type of pride. It, it's it's a pride in what he considers his race. You know, uh, uh, the mutants. You know, the the homo. What is it? Superior. Homo, superior. You know, and he. It's it's the type of pride where he completely. D. I mean, it 
the word dehumanize means to make less than human and because human is the pinnacle. But for him, it, he demutantizes everything to the point of, you know, it's if it's not mutant, it doesn't deserve to live unless it serves my purposes or mutant kind's purposes. And he just continues on from that. You know, it's it's just that depth of of pride in you know in mutant kind as if in in the marvel universe anyway as if there isn't anything higher than that you know i mean there are eternals aren't there you know but uh, so he he's even blind to that fact he sees this next step in in you know evolution quote unquote but he doesn't even realize what all of that means if you put it all together um so it's it's just sort of like you know dude get a clue <laughs> a little more uh, cartoony but um every bad guy from every action cartoon in the 80s uh, <laughs> i mean they just skeletor skeletor cobra commander megatron <laughs> splinter i mean not splinter Splinter. Shredder. Shredder. Um, <laughs> I mean, they all, Frank. they, it's, it's easy. It's easy shorthand. Um, but it's also used them for comic relief, you know, especially, um, Cobra commander and Megatron and Skeletor where, um, like they, they just have an overinflated sense of self that just will not quit. And because of that, they do bad things and they do these evil things to, you know, take over the world, you know, and, <laughs> Uh, so it gives the, the good guys something to do, something noble to do, but the, the bad guys have this, um, it, it's a joke, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's parody and, and it's simple and it's easy and it's recognizable as, as something that's bad. You don't want to be like these guys. Uh, why? Because they are so bad and, and they're, they're, they're idiots. So. <laughs> And you can throw their uh, their second in command in there too. So Destro and Starscream, throw them um, in there too. But all right, I was at the end of my list, but I thought of one more um, because I've been playing through the brand new Spider-Man game on the PlayStation Four, and which is fantastic, by the way. There's going to be an upcoming pod podcast episode about it, uh, but. While you're swinging through the city doing your missions or whatever, uh, the radio will sometimes come on. And guess who's on the radio talking? It's J. Jonah Jameson. And he's he's doing a talk radio show about how Spider-Man's bad and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But so I, I, I beat the game and I'm I'm swinging up trying to finish all the side missions. You know, he comes back on the radio and he starts saying, you know what? A lot of people have been saying that Spider-Man did a good job. And you know what? I agree with those people now. And I have it on good authority that Spider-Man listens to this program. And so, Spider-Man, you're welcome. Obviously, he was listening to my program. <laughs> my words sunk in. And he took my advice, took it to heart, and he changed you're welcome, New York. You know, <laughs> so he's just taking all the credit for it. And so it just I just was cracking up when that happened. So funny. I think he's voiced by um, 
shoot, what is his name? Brian Cranston in that game. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah. And that's the end of your list. Well, I now I, I I'm surprised, honestly, that your your list ends there because there's one that I've been holding off saying anything because I'm like, there's, oh, really? There's no way he's not going to notice this one. There's no way he's going to forget this one because the whole movie is about this person learning humility. And I think it's one of your one of the movies you like. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, I can't think of it. <laughs> Emperor's New Groove. Ah, uh, yes. Cusco is that his name? Yep, Cusco. Yeah, Cusco. I mean, the whole right. thing is him. Like he starts out, he's super proud and yeah. has this super elevated sense of self. And then the whole movie is about learning humility and yeah. Yep. And you, you are right. And I can't believe, a, am I right that was, you were, you, you really like that movie? Oh yeah. I love okay. That. All right. Uh, and uh, it's funny cause he even has an entire theme song about himself sung by Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't think about this. Yeah, I think most of my stuff I was thinking of like how is pride used in a really evil way, and I I strayed away from the the less evil iterations of pride, like Tony Stark or or stuff like that. Well, that's why we have to be careful, though, is because pride is not something that is necessarily a super evil thing. It's an internalized thing, you know. And yeah, you can act on it, and sometimes it's very, very obvious in people. But yeah, it's yeah, it it is it is a subtle shift of of spirit that that can easily suddenly you're in, you're in pride territory. Yeah, so. very easy. Uh, uh, was it the? And uh, I think it was the Screw Tape Letters, where. C.S. Lewis is saying, you know, it's like as soon as you say to yourself, you know, I'm being humble. It's like, well, I guess I am being pretty humble, (laughs) you know, and all of a sudden it just it can turn that quick, you know. Yeah, well, and of course, we've all made jokes along those lines of how proud we are of our humility. Ben Franklin had a good quote that I found where he's talking about how – I'll just get the quote. Here it is. Uh, In reality, there is perhaps no one of our natural passions so hard to subdue as pride. Disguise it, struggle with it, stifle it, mortify it as much as one pleases. It is still alive and will every now and then peep out and show itself. You will see it perhaps often in this history. For even if I could conceive that I had completely overcome it, I should probably be proud of my humility. (laughs) Yeah, Good old Ben Franklin. Clever guy. <laughs> um, the so, awards. Yeah, I have a, a handful more. They aren't necessarily the greatest, though. So, Steve, do you have any more? Or? Um, it, since he's run out his list, you know, I mean, I, I we could go very much to uh, the Emperor and Star Wars, mm-hmm. or um, many different, you know, Q and and a lot of different uh, people that they face off in Star Trek. You know, it's very much a recurring uh, motif there. Um, I would, I'd, I'd like to go back to Forbidden Planet, where you know you have this guy who's he finds this alien technology, and you know it's it's like uh, he can use it, but you know other lower you know human humans can't use it. You know, I mean, and it just it's it's that type of a thing where he just he lets lets it go to the point where it it creates 
a monster, <laughs> literally, that that you know is is deadly. It's a it's a it's, it's such a good movie. That's fantastic. Um, but it's it's just one of those types of things where it's just a phenomenal look at you know at at pride. Well, and I, I put down uh-huh. here just another one of the, the generalizations, but the mad scientists, you know, yeah. Frankenstein being kind of the prototype, but how he. Doofenshmirtz. Yeah. How, how <laughs> Doofenshmirtz is, he's a category of his own, I think. <laughs> Dr. Draken. Um, but, uh, but Frankenstein who just, you know, he's dabbling in something that he probably shouldn't. He's not thinking through the consequences, but he's, he's, he learns humility through it. But, um. But not until the end when he's, you know, facing facing right. the most dire of consequences of his of his actions. So, um, and of course, we'd be remiss not to um, mention till we have faces and rules. Pride prevents her from seeing truth and that. Right. And if you want to hear more about till we have faces, we have two episodes about it. Some of our best episodes ever. Pretty and awesome. Um, awesome. we really, really get into that. But yeah. And then there's the Jedi and the Sith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which um, one is more prideful? I, I think it depends on the day, you know? Yeah. If it's Friday, it's definitely the Jedi. But uh, Coin flip. on Sunday, it's it's the Sith. But um, is it Dooku who has the line, twice the pride, double the fall? Yeah, good line. <laughs> it's a great line that almost makes sense. <laughs> but then he says it and he gets killed. So... Jokes on him, double the <laughs> fall. His head falls on one side, his body the other. Yeah, Two falls right. right there. Didn't he get his hands cut off too? I don't remember. I just remember his head, mm. right? Pride goes before a fall. It does. And double the pride goes before double the, f- double the fall. Double yeah. the fall. So let's open the book of Lewis. And uh, we've already talked about him a little bit, but let's get some quotes from C.S. Lewis about Pride. The um, so in Christian Reflections, he says, man is never so proud as when striking an attitude of humility. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, well, I'm just, there's a long passage in uh, It's the Horse and His Boy. I can find it here. I like the horse and his boy. Horse and his boy is good, but where is it? That might be my favorite Narnia book. Wow, we'll have to do an episode. Here it is. I, okay. Um, this, the horses are facing Aslan, and it says there was about a second of intense silence. Then, when though shaking all over, gave a strange little neigh and trotted across to the lion. Please, she said. You're so beautiful. You may eat me if you like. I'd sooner be eaten by you than fed by anyone else. Dearest daughter, said Aslan, planting a lion's kiss on her twitching velvet nose. I knew you would not be long in coming to me. Joy shall be yours. Then he lifted his head and spoke in a louder voice. Now, Bree, he said, you poor, proud, frightened horse. Draw near. Nearer still, my son. Do not dare not to dare. Touch me. Smell me. Here are my paws. Here is my tail. These are my whiskers. I am a true beast. Aslan, said Bree in a shaken voice, I'm afraid I must rather be a fool. Happy the horse who knows that while he was still young, or the human either. 
And so that's just the, again, that's uh, the sense of self, especially in, in relation to your standing before God. Um, yeah. So there's others. There's lots of others. There's a nice one yeah. from from the problem of pain, talking about how pride um, created a new species that God didn't make, that, that a new species had sinned itself into exi- exi- existence <laughs> because of pride and ambition. Um, but I'm going to end with the Lewis quotes on, on this. Oh, no, I got to do this one. In Letters to an American Lady, he says, we were talking about cats and dogs the other day and decided that both have consciences, but the dog being an honest, humble person always had a bad one, but the cat is a Pharisee and always has a good one. When he sits and stares at you out of countenance, he is thanking God that he is not as these dogs or these humans, or even as these other cats. (laughs) So, um, I'm not a cat person. I do like cats, but I prefer dogs. Um, no, in Preface to Paradise Lost, he talks about the fall, and this is almost uh, kind of a, a final a final word on pride here. But uh, the fall is simple and sole disobedience, doing what you have been told not to do, and it results from pride, from being too big for your boots, forgetting your place, thinking you are God. So that's I, I really really like that. So let's talk about some personal application here and some scriptural application as well. Um, we've talked already about pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall in Proverbs sixteen eighteen. But um, what else you got? I got the First uh, John two sixteen, which just kind of gives you the trifecta: the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the father, but are from the world. So you've got the, the pride and achievements and possessions, but then my favorite verse about pride, which just sums up the whole thing for me is, uh, in first Peter five, five B where he's quoting Proverbs says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And for me, that's, that's as simple as you can make it. Like there's two, there's two sides, you know, there's God's team and then there's the other team. And if you're (laughs) prideful, you are not on God's team. You are the opposite end of the football team field from God. And you're in the lineup and they're about to blow the whistle and you're, you look up and you're staring there and there's God in the position ready to tackle your face. <laughs> if you are on the proud people team, uh, by the way, if he, if he tackles your face, there's there's gonna be a flag on the play. All right, <laughs> oh, just just okay. saying. I'm but, really struggling with this sports analogy because I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> curious where you're going with that. But, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but that's what I. That's yeah. For me, I want to be on God's team. If I'm a proud person, if I have pride in my heart, I'm not on God's team. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It can't be more simple than that. You know, he opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, you know, and what saves us? Amazing grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, why would you want the opposite of that? Why? <laughs> it's just, <sighs> it seems so simple and people can get so deep into, you know, well, there's different shades of it, and well, this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, 
you don't you don't know <laughs> and, and then you know and and there's different groups have have you know this pride or that pride and you know and, and stuff like that and the thing with with stuff like that you know not to get into the the stuff that they're being prideful in but whatever it is it's like cementing yourself into that thing and saying you know whatever that thing is that's where my identity is now because you know it's it's the glory the glory in some part belongs to me and if i take myself away from this identity i'm losing some glory and i can't do that and it's this self defeating machine where it's like you know you you want to feed into it because it gives you more glory and you can't get out of it because it'll take away all that glory maybe even you know diminish you twice as much as the glory that was put upon you in the first place you know like if you're if you uh, associate with with something and then all of a sudden you pull yourself away from it it it's it almost seems as though like you're you're buried you know, and, and it's not just like going back to zero. It's going back to negative whatever you had. And uh, it's 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 that invasive. It's that sneaky. It gets around things to the point where all of a sudden you're caught up in that thing. And that is you. That is your identity. And that's not where we find our identity as Christians. No, no. And, and- one one of the things about this is having pride. It's it's there. It's natural to have it, and it's something that should not be there. But it's one of those things where you really don't conquer it until it becomes unconscious. The conquering part becomes unconscious, where you're naturally humble. Where you're not thinking through, how humble can I be today? Amen. You know, once you start thinking, ah, what do I need to do to be humble here? You know, then you're mm-hmm. you're 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 treading a line there, and uh, and it is simple. You know, it's simple enough to say what we're saying. But um, when I thought of um, verses about pride, um, the first place I went to was the Beatitudes, and that's simply because those are a picture of someone who is not filled with pride. Um, those are, you know, it's, well, it's blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, for there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they'll be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers to be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All these things that they're talking about, or I should say Christ is talking about, all these things are about putting others above you, before you, serving others, and then making sure, you know, God is above you and before you and, and you're serving him. You know, being blessed, you know, being pure in heart is about having God's heart not your own. Uh, being poor in spirit means understanding my, what my spirit is and how it needs to change to be richer, to be like God's um, hungering, thirsting for righteousness. That's desiring to be like God, uh, being merciful and being a peacemaker. Those are helping others, you know? And, and so these are all things that are, you know, they're pictures not of pride, but of humility and its purest 
form where you're not saying I am worthless, I am nothing. You're saying I have value because the one who has true value created me. And these other people have value because the one who has true value created them. And he gave us value. And so, yeah, can I have pride in that God created me? Yeah, I, uh, maybe that's a safe one to have, you know, because, but it puts you on an even keel with everyone. Like everyone is is in that spot. Everyone is in the same area there. We were all created by God, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, you know? And the unfortunate thing then is you see so many Christians who have pride in the fact that they're Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this evil, insidious pride that elevates them to look down on everyone else. And instead of to, you know, try to elevate the others, you know, and um, it's, I think that's probably even the worst pride that there can be is the pride that says, I follow God. I am going to heaven I have all these things that I've done right now. Well, that, that's so the Pharisees. I'm, yeah, no, totally. And and yeah. that's the cat, you know, the cat. I, I thank God that I am not like those dogs or, those, you know, the, the Pharisees would literally pray and, and thank yeah. God that I am not like those over there. Um, yeah. And you say it's the Pharisees, but it's not just the Pharisees. I mean, it's, it's clearly there are modern Christians who oh, are for sure. very, very, yeah. very much like that. So, well, and that's even the more ironic because you're saying, oh, I'm such a great Christian, or I'm, I'm even a Christian, and so therefore that automatically makes me better, you know? Yeah. It's and tragically ironic. It loud. It's, it's yeah. tragic ir- irony. It is. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I in like, th- we did a couple episodes or three episodes a while ago where we did our, we, we talked about our testimony and did interviews and stuff, and um, and this is just a personal application for me, like, I was the most prideful person I'd ever met. And I didn't even know that until I got right with Christ. And then, you know, it was like scales fell off my eyes and I could just see how I was self-absorbed, self-centered. Um, just me, 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 me. And, and I was well on my way to being just like my hero, Gregory house MD. Um, and coming to see that, you know, and recognizing that I needed to change. And that's, that's a hard spot to be in because like we keep talking about, like, well, I'm going to try to be more humble. Hey, I did it. I'm really humble. Great job, me, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and Ben, I, I love what you said about how it's, you don't really succeed until it becomes a subconscious unconscious thing. And that's, I think, what you really have to do. And, I mean, it was just a fight tooth and nail through prayer for a long time on a conscious level. And then finally, you know, it's just like, Lord, I can't do it. Um, please, would you make me humble? And that's was that became my prayer. And then I just kept praying that. And then, like I said in a previous interview, like a year or so later – one of my friends who had called me out on the carpet for being a selfish, self-centered jerk, uh, a year or two later, unsolicited, told me that uh, I was one of the most humble people she'd ever met. And 
when she told me that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I had to do a double take. And it's because God was doing that transformative work in me. And because I let him do the changing um, and just humbled myself before him, like that was, that was the key for me. Like, I'm not going to try to be humble in this circumstance or that circumstance. I'm just going to, in my prayer life, humble myself before God and admit, I can't do it, man. (laughs) I need you to do it. And that's, that's just like I said, back at the, the, the definition for humility is just honesty. Just be honest. Like that's what the, we just talked about the Pharisee and the sinner that go to pray and the Pharisees like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And all the sinner can say is have mercy. All I can ask you for is mercy, which is undeserved favor, undeserved help. And that's all I am going to ask you for. Cause that's all I truly am able to receive. I yeah. can't, you know? And so just a little bit like if there's people out there listening uh, and you're in the boat where you've seen yourself and you see you need to change, that's just a little insight from my personal spiritual journey um, where I just had to get to that point but then let God do the heavy lifting as far as sanctification in, in that area because it, like we keep saying, it's a slippery slope if you're trying to do it yourself. Uh, and all of it is a slippery slope if you're trying to do do anything yeah. really your, yourself in that way where absolutely um it does start with i'm i'm it's not me god it's you it's got to be you yep. it's got to be you and uh i was just waiting for you to say and i made it i did it i'm humble now yeah. <laughs> no i am not i am not perfect <laughs> and i am not i have not arrived but i can clearly see a difference in in some major parts of my attitudes and personality and, and God has really done a transformative work and he's still working on me. <laughs> and uh, I know there's, there's still work to be done and I just got to keep relying on him for that. Um, I was going to think of something else to say, but I forgot. Well, you have a moment, but I think we're going to shut it down here. Um, All right. I think that's going to be our, our final um, part of the conversation, but we, we do have the opportunity to have a final word. So, you know, I know you usually would prefer to have been able to prepare something for a final word, but uh, I'm asking for it anyway. So uh, Steve, you got a final word for us? I do. And I'm going to go to uh, St. Augustine or Augustine, if you're from Florida. Um, And uh, in his uh, city of God, um, he he says this, and, and it, he has a, a, a bunch to say about pride. But uh, he says, uh, this was the first defect, the first impoverishment, the first fault of that nature, which was so created that it did not exist in the supreme degree. It was the first impoverishment, he says. The first thing that made us poor was pride. And what makes us rich is that humility. You know, beyond all understanding rich. So. All right. Evan, you got a final word for us? No, I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) I've been (laughs) racking my brain. I can't think of anything. You're not just going to grab the book next to you and just read the random thing? Like, uh, oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I did. I did have a. Well. It's too late now. I had an extra anecdote about the 
my journey with back when I was, you know, living in, in sinful pride. And like, especially when I was, I was a teenager, I would always imagine myself, you know, I'm the, and I would think this in these little, literal words. I'm like, I am the main character of the sitcom of my life. <laughs> and, and all my friends here, they are the side supporting characters. And that's <laughs> how I looked at them and how I sometimes treated them. And, uh, yeah, not good. So that, yeah, not good. That'll be my final word. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my my final word is going to be to throw it back to C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, where he says, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. And I guess maybe, Evan, you summed it up the best. Of all these seven deadly sins, not good, not good. <laughs> so I do also want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for joining us on this <laughs> long, long journey. And uh, just want to say, you know, it's been it's been a long road getting from there to here, but uh, we made it. So thank you very much for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. When I was three... I thought the world revolved around me. I was wrong.